0: It's good to be the king, and it's good to be here on Replay Perview. This is, of course, the wrestling podcast that takes a new look at the old pay-per-views. I don't know. That's not a slogan. We're still workshopping that. Don't don't set that in stone just yet. But we are the podcast. That reviews every WWF pay-per-view of the 21st century. And that's right. Do not adjust your sets. I said WWF because on this show we are hashtag get the F in. I am Brian Salisbury, the whole damn show. And I'm joined as per usual by the Lucha Brother from my actual uh, Let me try that again. Let me try all of this again. Hmm. Oh, goodness gracious. I am joined by my Lucha Brother from my actual mother, Mr. Blake Salisbury. What's up? What's up? Uh as they say in The Lion King, long live the king, because this is the final King of the Ring pay-per-view. Oh. As it were. Certain. As it were as of today. So much to talk about there. But of course, we can't keep going without introducing the phenom that makes our show a three nom. The Colossus himself, King of the Ring? No, of brunch. It's Fancy Dan.
1: Chit, chit, squee.
0: Yep. Squeeze we're mine. all we're all auditioning things tonight, evidently.
1: <laughs> what's up guys
0: how are you dan
1: i'm doing okay how are you
0: are you sad that this is the last king of the ring and that you will never again be able to vote for test when he is or isn't involved in king of the ring i am both disheartened and satisfied that is how a lot of people review us on itunes actually so I appreciate you echoing. The you, so, my so you got my one review. Okay, cool. I did. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for giving us one star. Your own <laughs> fucking show. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. <laughs> if you would like to maybe rate and review us on iTunes, I want to remind you you can find all the episodes on your favorite podcatcher and follow us on social media. Even the ones that are burning down as we speak. At Replay Perview. fellas, as we mentioned. We are moving our way through 2002, maybe not as quickly as we would like, but we are definitely moving through 2002, and we have arrived June 23rd, 2002 in Columbus, Ohio with the Nationwide Arena for the very last King of the Ring. Now, Blake, you and I have debated, kind of gone back and forth, is King of the Ring one of the big four? I think you were saying it wasn't, and your argument is definitely holding a lot more water now that we mentioned that... King of the Ring is no more after this pay-per-view. So the fact that it's been retired kind of lends credence to your belief that it is not, in fact, one of the big four WWF pay-per-views. Yeah, I'm usually correct. Um, I'll say that. No, I'm just playing. Uh, It's basically one of the big five. right? And it's because Mm -hmm. of the lack of, um, I guess, focus and attention that they actually put on this pay-per-view later on. Because I think after the Austin segment, that's when King of the Ring kind of drizzled out. Uh, at the beginning of this pay-per-view, they go through each King of the Ring, and they omit 1995, because I don't know why, but, uh, you know, Sadio Vega, maybe? Um, but, uh, yeah, they they kind of do this whole uh, spiel about how awesome King of the Ring is, and I feel like it was, but later on, it just kind of fell off, and it really was just kind of an afterthought. You know, my new 4K TV is a Sabio Vega, and I'm very happy with it. Uh, also, Blake, I think that you make a very interesting point that maybe the... Austin 316 promo after the 1996 King of the Ring is to King of the Ring as the Undertaker Mankind Hell in a Cell match is to Hell in a Cell. After that point, it's like, why are we still doing this? Yeah, as of right now, I would agree with you about the Hell in a Cell. There's definitely not a lot of uh, content there, but I do think later on we'll get to some better matches. Uh, King of the Ring, though, I guess we're not going to. So this is it, boys. Strap in. We're in for a lackluster red. Now, Dan, did you join us for last year's King of the Ring when we discussed the Kurt Angle-Shane McMahon street fight that led to one of the greatest botches slash accidentally awesome spots of all time?
1: Oh, yes. I. Uh, that was probably the... That might have been one of the last well-rated uh, <laughs> pay-per-views. It's kind <laughs> of been a downward uh, downward trajectory from then. I, there's, there have been some other good ones beyond that. But but no, this one, th- from from last year to this, yeah, that was a... It was a, This one's a mess. The word inferior comes to mind. Inferior, yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> we
0: are experiencing, I think, Dan, if you use last year's King of the Ring as the starting line, we are really seeing the last gasps of the Attitude Era. And I think that's why we've had such a downward spiral in these pay-per-views mm-hmm. since then is because we are literally watching an era that was problematic to begin with like it it sort of fit the time that it began but it it wore out its welcome so quickly and stayed around for so much longer than it should have and this last year from 2001 to 2002 was really the uh i guess you would call it the victory lap or what's the opposite of a victory lap the walk of shame the walk of shame (laughs) for
1: the attitude
0: era and that's what we're experiencing here
1: Yeah, no, I was actually thinking about that earlier today when I was, you know, you know, we were getting ready for this. And um, it definitely feels like in in myself personally, I'm trying to I don't like being so negative about like we, we like to watch this stuff and we have fun watching it. And then when we start talking about it, it's like, oh, well if they're so bad, why are we doing this? You know what I mean? So like, it's where it's were you things. two years ago when we started this show? <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> bad idea, did <Mystic! laughs> Um But I was just, I was thinking this earlier. I was like, I'm uh, knowing that this is kind of the, uh, this is the nail in the coffin of the attitude era. Um I I, I look forward to being a little more, positive in our reviews maybe a little more optimistic about the matches maybe the storylines or the they're not the tired old things that we're seeing and that eventually they'll move into more of a oh this is new and entertaining or maybe they will give us something we don't uh, we we haven't seen for the past two three years so i'm i'm pledging myself to be optimistic uh, i guess is what i'm saying um so but let's talk about this shit show first
0: it's it's similar to liking the Colts right now Or any fan of a team that is not doing so well, you still watch and you're still excited to watch until your dreams are let down. And then you're like, "Okay, well, on to the next one. Right. I did not realize that Blake was going to be salt bay on this episode and throwing it directly into our wounds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I would have thrown it anywhere else, it would have been fumbled on a sack. So it would have been intercepted. So I I think that we do. Guys, stop squeezing the lemon juice into my eye. I know. Right. It's just, it's just horrible. And I think Dan is pledging that we are going to get the F in and the F is going to stand for fun because eventually this <laughs> shit is going to be
1: fun. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we've even had hints of, of the new era of, of wrestling that's coming in. Um, like we've, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but there's some, there's some additions to the cast of, of, of folks that, Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing and how they change, you know, obviously uh, Brock Lesnar's coming in and that was a big change and he doesn't last long. Right. Um, And then, you know, there, I I know that certain people come into the the company soon and I'm excited to see how they kind of impact the storylines and, and what, what goes down. So, so yes, I'm, I'm optimistic and looking forward.
0: If we look at the lay of the land right now, too, um, obviously we have the brand split, right? That's apparent. Uh, Kurt Angle, Hogan. Uh, let's see who else we got. Uh, that They're on SmackDown. Uh, and I guess Undertaker and Triple H kind of float between the two. And then you have Ric Flair, Eddie Guerrero, Steve uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, which we're going to get to, uh, Chris Benoit uh, on Raw. So it's definitely brand split full on uh, and I feel like we're going to get to the point where we're going to understand why I feel like the product is suffering right now because of that uh, because it's very difficult when people just flat out leave the company so Smackdown's got the Hurricane, Jamie Noble, Billy Kidman kind of the cruiserweight aspect of it and then you got the Raw with kind of like the heavy hitters so that's kind of the lay of the land right now with the uh, the roster and, and um, where we're at with uh, yeah just the overall product. I didn't realize that going King of the Ring to King of the Ring 2001 to 2002, we are really talking about a very important timeline because since the last King of the Ring, so much has happened that lays the groundwork for the ruthless aggression era. And by that, I mean,
2: aggression,
0: ruthless aggression. And by that, I, of course, mean all of Vince's competition is gone. He has acquired WCW and ECW. Mm and then splitting up the brand so we've really like since in the last year of kayfabe we really have done a lot of the groundwork to i guess create the runway for the ruthless aggression era and now we are literally seeing the lights being shut out on the attitude era and it's like hey make sure if you're the last one out that you lock the door with rikishi still in here so i um
1: (laughs) you don't have to go home but you can't stay here but it's
0: true because we uh, we are uh, uh, poised on the era uh, precipice of a new era era so uh i'm i'm super excited to talk about that and i'm less excited to talk about king of the ring 2002 but here we are and let's do it
2: and now snickers cruncher presents wwe king of the ring So, of course,
0: we have to talk about, before we get into the card, the production design. And old Sparky is back, that giant electric chair that we loved so much from Last King of the Ring. Apparently, they still had it in a warehouse because they have dragged it out once again. And I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at the uh, the reuse. Yeah, I'm mad at the lack of use, though, that we did not Uh get with it. Because the last pay-per-view, as we talked about, was so much fun. It was so much fun using that set. Yeah, but I will say, after Judgment Day, it's whole, like... It's whole big set piece was a a gallows with a noose. And now this, like the immediate following pay-per-view, the big set piece is an electric chair. Like, what's the next pay-per-view? The gas elimination chamber? Mm -hmm. Like, we're just going from execution method to execution method here? Yeah, I mean, that is possible, I guess. Tough crowd. Yeah, I I was like, it might be possible. That's the the reason why we're silent is that we don't want to be like, I don't want to. I mean, it could be. You don't want to give ideas to the company. I understand. I, I don't guess. want to make that, I don't want to put that out in the <laughs> world, Brian. I don't want to make that thing. So. I feel like at one point a guillotine was definitely used. I, oh, if, totally. You know, it totally so, was. Yeah, they they've kind of run out of uh methods of state execution to use as centerpieces for their pay-per-views, but they have added one thing, guys, a shitty rain effect to all the title cards. Ooh, I do like motion though for things in the card title cards, but that's that's it's not a good one this time. No, it's not. It looks like a shitty stained video is about to start up. Oh, so or a maybe stained video. You're so a stained, the cycle, <laughs> so a stained video. Yes, or that someone uh, just off screen is going to repeatedly, <laughs> repeatedly scream Sean, <laughs> Sean. <laughs> God, I love that video so much. That is a very inside baseball, weird, esoteric reference, and I am fine with it. And also. This weird gushing sewer pipe motif. It's like, I get the electric chair, but how does that fit in with the rain? I understand more how the rain fits in with the gushing sewer pipe, but how does all this relate to being the king of anything? Like, I want I want imagery that's going to really evoke being a royal or, you know, like powering over people, not what it looks like when Donatello comes. Like, what is happening right well, now? The poster, too, is just kind of odd. Because we have some like interesting tribal type letters behind King of the Ring that spell K O R, and then you have a shadow of I don't even know if that's who that is. It looks more like Scott Steiner than anybody. Uh, and then you have the Raw and SmackDown brands kind of ominous in the back. It's kind of like a mishmash of ideas. It's kind of weird. Taking a powder for a second. Well, somebody stop the damn man! <laughs> Where the hell is Scott Steiner? Like We've I, had all these people come over from WCW. Where the fuck is Big Papa Pump? Brian, do you want to do the math? Do you want to do the math? Because if you Uh-oh. have a third and a 33% chance of facing me at whatever. You get I thought idea. you were going to talk about how many months he was probably paid to not wrestle. Like, uh, Oh, no. I was totally making a joke about the promo he did about the uh, 33% chance.
2: See the three-way at Sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me and he's not even going to try.
0: And I missed it. So let's get into the card.
2: (laughs) Woohoo!
0: To get into the card, we got the first match on the card, uh, which is Rob Van Dam versus Chris Jericho. It is the first semifinal match. And to kind of do a little recollect, remember, the King of the Ring is an entire tournament that's taken place before this pay-per-view. And now we're at the semifinal matches of the pay-per-view and the final match will be at the end. So we have Rob Ben Dam versus Chris Jericho and fellas. It's good stuff. It's, it's, it's solid stuff. It's not amazing, but it's solid stuff. Yeah. I, I don't remember how many people start in King of the Ring. And I think that fluctuates from year to year over time. I want to say, was it like a, a sweet 16 that we started with and then we whittled it down to these yes, four? It was a okay. 16 uh, person tournament. Correct. Okay, so basically one, I don't know, eighth of the NCAA tournament. Right? <laughs> no, I uh, i do think what we have now is that we started with a you know a bunch of wrestlers. Uh, a notice, noticeable drop is Edge had to drop uh, his match to Chris Jericho because of a legitimate shoulder injury. So I'm not quite sure if Edge would have gone over Jericho at that point legitimately, but they definitely had to make a pivot there. Which explains why they've gone hard with this rivalry between Edge and Jericho, where Jericho at one point assaults him and and hurts his shoulder. It's one of those, we're turning a uh, shoot into a work kind of a thing, which I completely understand. Now, having Jericho versus Rob Van Dam, two of the best guys in the company right now, it's kind of like Kick Puncher versus Kick Puncher 2, and I'm here for it. Like both these guys have, as Jr. would say, very educated feet, and they are definitely showing off how smart they are. And some of these spots look like they smart. Like there's one point where Rob Van Dam kicks Jericho in the face that I swore up and down had to be a botch because it looked like it just hurt so much.
1: Yeah, this was this was an exciting match. It's it's I I like how they started um, started off. Uh, Rob Van Dam. Any anytime you put him in a match, I'm I'm there for it. Um, and Jericho as well. Both of these guys, while similar styles, kind of um, you know, definitely doing a lot of the, the air aerial uh feats, which I which I love. I'm all for. So this was this was a great way to start. Um and it, yeah, I I like how it uh I like how it ended up.
0: And and once again we have Rob Van Dam kicking off a pay-per-view and doing so in grand yes. style and really setting the tone. Like this kind of seems like he's fallen into this being his number one role with the company is just to kick off these pay-per-views right and i like what you said about aerial feats dan because they are accomplishing aerial feats with their aerial feet ah i like that um i also looked back too because i was like hey has he faced chris jericho before and the last pay-per-views was not he was all eddie guerrero um and and Mm -hmm. this is a true kind of I always think I'm like, I've seen this before, but it's because they're so natural in the ring. Um, so this is a very fun match. Uh, Rob Van Dam, like y'all said, is just the shit right now. Uh, and yeah, it's 14 and a half minutes. It's the third longest match on the card. And, uh, I think it's the best match on the card. And Rob does go over and Blake remind us, uh, the King of the cast results. Now King of the cast, for those of you who insanely are starting here with replay preview is your first episode. <laughs> may not know that king of the cast is our fantasy wrestling game where we try to pick the outcome of all these matches and the person who wins is the person who predicts either the most correct or every single one of them wrong in what we call the sunset flip rule that trumps everything else so so far Blake is our or currently I should say Blake is our king of the cast having gone almost perfectly across the table almost ran the table entirely because he is the table in last month's judgment day i say last month we recorded it like two weeks ago i don't know what i'm saying anymore the last pay-per-view god damn it judgment day blake almost <laughs> had a perfect card so I'm, I'm very impressed
1: with that but blake so how what is we- an anti-sunset flip then
0: it is uh it's
1: a uh, small package uh,
0: <laughs> you're stepping on my bits you're stepping all over my bits i am the table uh, I'm sorry. Am I, am I stepping on your small package? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who's the champion right
1: now? You can't is talk it, to the champion. Is it like called that. the acknowledge me?
0: Acknowledge me. I am the table. We the one. Okay. So yeah, we. I went with Jericho. Uh, not a good great thing. start for the. Uh, current <laughs> <player>. <laughs> and uh, Brian and Dan went with RVD because they know who is the champ. Uh, so yeah, one and O for y'all. Zero and one for me. And uh, oh, this next one. do you mean do you mean the next match on the card the 2nd semifinal match of king of the ring which is brock lesnar versus test now i think at this point i don't know it's like jericho and then i went test i went test so
1: i'm gonna say why would you do that why would you do that blake why would you are you i I think
0: intentionally i don't recall but i'm intentionally now going for the sunset flip so this is clear evidence that that's what i'm doing
1: how high were you when you made that pick? <laughs> uh,
0: I would say 50% chance, 100% that I was. Blake was watching that old commercial that ends with the incredible edible. And that's it. Cause it was just an edible. Um, so yes, Blake, for some reason, picks test over Brock Lesnar in the second King of the Rings semifinal match. Now, the thing about watching Brock Lesnar versus Test is it's kind of like watching two roided out giraffes smashing into each other mm-hmm. because they're both just big. That's kind of the the meal ticket that they both have. And it does remind me that a lot of wrestlers do resemble action figures. And when they make action figures out of wrestlers, they don't have to exaggerate much. But you have to remember that some action figures are very poseable while others are made of hard plastic and locked into their molded pose, and that's kind of the latter situation we've got going on here. Yeah, this is a garbage match. Uh, to, to put it into perspective, Meltzer rated the last match three and three, four stars. This match got half a star. Half. No. It is yeah. garbage, it's and it's eight generous. minutes long. It's terrible, but at least it's very long. Hmm? What? <laughs> what? What? Watch, 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 watch. Yes, that's what I mean. It's it's bad all the way around because not uh, only is it bad, but it goes on for a while. It is it is it is a testament of how bad it is, and I don't even think it's really Dusty's it fault. It's just it's a test of our patience. Uh, I would actually like to go back and know who the producer of these matches are because they certainly probably look at these these kind of matchups and go, yeah, this is not going to work. Well, I think the producer of this match was two gentlemen, the Clear and the Cream. That's a steroid so joke. I, I, <laughs> sounded something <laughs> like another joke. Uh, I'm 0-2 because I picked Test. Uh, Brian and Dan picked Brock, so that's 2-0 and 0 for them. So we're all technically tied here. Am I right? Uh, no, uh, we are beating you uh, because both Dan and I have been right on the first two matches and you've been wrong on both. So uh, I feel like undefeated for the sunset or- flip go. I got you, I got you. I will say, Blake, it would be hilarious if either Dan or I picked Test in this match because we both picked Brock Lesnar to win the whole thing. So, for us to have chosen Brock Lesnar to win the whole thing, but then to pick Test to beat Brock Lesnar in an elimination tournament would demonstrate a woeful lack of understanding of how any of those words work. Yeah, I don't know why I picked Test. For the next match on the card, we have The Hurricane versus Jamie Noble. Before you get into this, I do... Yes, first of all, who... Before we get into this match, though, there's a segment after the Brock Lesnar test match where Lance Storm and Christian are bad-mouthing America, and Lance Storm says, America is the most hateful country in the world, and I just sat there grimacing, going, oh, when did Lance Archer get a crystal ball to see the future? Because that is scary accurate. Again, tough room.
1: Anyway... <laughs> I mean, God, you're just... ripping off Band-Aids, man. It's Yeah, I, what uh, do you... What do you want? <laughs> You're right. I mean Blakeport solved <laughs> the right about the Colts,
0: but I can't okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So yes, this Jamie Noble versus Hurricane matches for the cruiserweight championship. And to to echo Dan's sentiments, who the fuck is Jamie Noble? Uh, you know, he's cruiserweight uh friendly, I guess. He's like cruiserweight friendly. I mean, <laughs> he he adds that level of of I guess expertise where he can go against the cruiserweight team. I this isn't a bad match. I don't think this is a terrible match. It's definitely better than the last match we saw, um, and there's there's a lot of uh, quick back and forth. Your typical shenanigans around the ring with a a female, uh, a manager or female um, partner. Valet. Yeah, valet. That's the word. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a fine match. It's not doesn't need to be extravagant, but I think the cruiserweight is kind of fun. Yeah, so,
1: so was the valet the the tough enough?
0: yeah person
1: like it was she she didn't win or she did win she she was one of the winners
0: i don't so first season right they had a male winner and a female winner and the male winner was maven and the female winner was nydia this 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 young lady and she has been absent for a while because they very quickly realized that she didn't have quite the level of wrestling prowess that they needed so they sent her down to the developmental leagues and now she's back The thing that I have really hated the last few weeks is noticing that, you know, after watching Tough Enough Season 2 is that, you know, they pulled a fast one on the uh, on the finalists in Tough Enough Season 2 where they thought it was going to be a male and female winner again. But they ended up taking two females, but then they have taken like yet another female from that group and they're just doing it for what I'm calling thong fodder. Where it's like, we're taking the hottest girls we can so that we can do these awful, you know, late attitude era bikini matches and, and uh, lingerie shows or whatever. Nothing really related to wrestling. And it's bad enough that they're doing that. But then they're taking Nydia, who is not as classically a- a- attractive as those girls, and therefore making her this like redneck monster. And they're constantly dragging her for being ugly. And it's just like fuck you like you literally put this girl through the ringer to have this opportunity just to treat her like absolute shit and it's just so like this is the reason why i'm not crying any tears for the departure of the attitude era this is to me the nydia is the nadir you might say of the attitude era and the way that they deal with her and putting her with this awful gimmick boring wrestler jamie noble just makes it all the more just Disgusting to me, and and I will say the only thing that this angle, this this feud between Noble
1: and Hurricane is doing, is making me like Hurricane a little better. That's one hundred percent true, and I can't believe that Vince would allow this to happen on his watch. <laughs>
0: I get that reference. Um, I do think that you at the very Dan. Be- when did you get Lance Storm's crystal ball? <laughs> I, at the very I've beginning, it the whole time. At the very beginning, you said that they went from tough enough. And then they went to the main roster and then they went back down to developmental. That's the problem is that developmental is very important. And it's like clear that the tough enough angle is basically just to get somebody on the air to either exploit for whatever reason, if they're attractive or whatever, or it's to, it's to do everything other than wrestle and actually compete. I don't know if Maven's a great example, but it seems like the same where he was just skyrocketed and it, growing pains. I mean, he's okay, but uh, I don't feel like the developmental is there. And it's crazy to me because look at the real developmental stuff going on right now, right? Brock Lesnar, Cena, uh, who else was in there? Batista. Batista. Like, this is gold. Randy Orton. Randy Orton. I don't know why... That wasn't happening, and the only thing I can think of is like, hey, they weren't really concerned about the wrestling ability. They were just trying to go, okay, we have a reality show, and as long as that reality show keeps going, we have to put that also on the air as a storyline because that will then connect that revenue stream to this revenue stream. They're just looking at it from a business perspective, and it's clear that there's just no thought put into the actual characters that they've built within Tough Enough. They they think of it as a gateway to an audience that doesn't typically watch wrestling. If they can get reality TV fans hooked on tough enough maybe they'll start watching wrestling i guarantee you that that was the elevator pitch for this entire project it had nothing to do with finding the next great superstar it had nothing to do with giving us you know fresh influx of talent it was just we're going to trick people who like reality tv into watching wrestling
1: well that's i mean it makes sense though back in in the early 2000s that you know vertical uh, synergy was was all the rage like you know it's that was from, from corporate to, to TV, you know, everything. It was all, how do we monetize and get another revenue stream? To, so, yeah, it totally makes sense that they would do this. And it totally makes sense why it didn't work.
0: Hey, speaking of monetizing, after these messages, we'll be right back.
2: In 10 days. The hottest new star in Hollywood returns with great vengeance and furious anger. The Rock. The most electrifying man in sports and entertainment. Kurt Angle. I'm a man of action. Oh, it's true. The Undertaker. I will inflict more pain. I will make you suffer. A triple threat match for the WWE Undisputed Championship. WWE Vengeance presented by Subway. Live 10 days away on pay-per-view.
0: So yeah, I I have I just I have a real problem with this match, but Jamie Noble does go over and become the new cruiserweight champion because, unlike the female winners of Tough Enough, if you are a male in this business and you entered this company, you can immediately have gold whether you deserve it or not. I don't hate Jamie Noble as much as you guys do. He's like a yeah. diet
1: Raven. Yeah, uh, yeah, Blake. Think and about that. I don't. That. I don't. Is that a like Raven? Is diet maybe. I don't, but, yeah, maybe. That's no, a good, like, that's perfect. I'll tell you what, maybe. Maven's a better wrestler than Jamie Noble from what I've seen. Maven so, or Raven? Maven. Okay. Sorry, Raven, I, fuck Raven, I don't know. Wait, yeah. so
0: you're saying diet Maven or diet Raven? No, he's diet Raven. Got which it.
1: Maven, regular Maven, you know, full, full calorie Maven is better than diet Raven. Is. A math problem, we should. We should. I need a mathematician and a priest.
2: So, Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance, and you got an 8 and a third chance of winning at sacrifice.
0: Yeah, sparkling ass water, man. That's gross. Sparkling (laughs) ass water. That's not sparkling ass water, but. Diet Raven sounds like the local grocery store equivalent of Dr. Pepper or something like, did you get more Diet Dr. Raven at the store? I really need my soda fix right now. Yeah, where can I locate that? It's right next to the squirt. It's right next to the sparkling ass water, evidently. Anyway, uh, Blake, who picked what in King of the Cast? I don't think any of us picked Jamie Noble. I did. False. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so my theory of being undefeated is defeated. Uh, I am one and two. Brian and Dan picked the Hurricane because the Hurricane came in and won the match. Two and one, two and one, and one and two, baby. That's yeah, a Hurricane it, did not win. Jamie win. Noble he did, not, won. he did not win the match at all, Blake. That's absolutely wrong. Jamie Noble. I just no said no no no. That. I said the Hurricane came in and won the match. But that's not what happened. Wait, Jamie Noble won the match? Yes. He's, oh. Did I not just say this? Ah, oh, my bad. My bad. I see what I, <laughs> I actually won this match. So Jamie Noble. All right.
1: You can either, <laughs> not even, you can either keep wait, this in it, you can, you can we, cut it. What are the rules of this game <laughs> that we're playing right you now? You can either keep this
0: segment in, or you can cut it. But here's the truth. Jamie Noble, he won this match. Okay, And the Hurricane, Okay, he didn't come in and win shit. Okay, he got pinned, and he's out. That's what happened. The incredible, edible Blake. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. Blake's not only torpedoed his chances of having a perfect game, but now three matches in torpedoed the sunset flip. So, great showing so far, champ. Hey, you know what? I'm still the champ for now. (laughs) For the next few minutes. For the next match on the card, we have Eddie Guerrero versus Ric Flair. And I do want to (laughs) pause. because there is a reason that I'm going to give this match a little bit of a pass. And that is because of the swerve that had to happen because Stone Cold Steve Austin took off before this feud. Right? So, what was happening is that Flair and Austin were supposed to be feuding, but there was a moment of, hey, you're supposed to uh, lose a match to Brock Lesnar, and he didn't want to do that, and so he just took the fuck off, and he's out. He's gone. So that is the last that we'll see of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think there are two ways to read this situation, and I will not fault anyone for reading it either way. I think the way that makes Stone Cold looks like, look like a total piece of shit is that he didn't want to put the new kid over, which is so shitty because so many people had to do that for Austin as he was coming up. So it would be a real hypocritical position for him to be like i'm not putting the new kid over the other possible read on this is yeah i'm already broken in half and barely held together by chewing gum and prayers so i don't want to go up against the guy who destroys people and who is like got fresh legs and joints and can like throw me around the ring i don't want to risk another injury by going up against basically the mountain from game of thrones um so i mean again read that either way you want i will blame you
1: Was, was Brock known as a a stiff worker? Did he? No, I, I I honestly
0: feel like, and what Brian was kind of alluding to in the first part was Stone Cold, his body was breaking down, right? And he did not want to put, he he realizes, and I think looking back now, it's, you know, he realizes that his time is done. He's not, all of these new guys coming in, that's, there's no reason why Stone Cold has to keep going over, right? Um. So I feel yeah. like he's kind of realized that and he doesn't want to admit that. He doesn't want to accept that. I think mean, probably his life at the time probably was chaos, but um, it still sucks. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Um, and well, I feel like that's why I'm going to give this match a bit of a pass because kind of got dealt a shit hand when you had a different idea and you got your top star up and leaving the company. Does that always happen? <laughs> um, you know. I will say you could have just not acknowledged. We'll, we'll get there in a second, but you could have just not acknowledged that Stone Cold left. He didn't have a belt like he was getting up there, and most nine times out of ten, when somebody leaves the company, they don't acknowledge it. They just kind of act like that person never existed. And I don't understand why they didn't do that here, because it sets up a really inexplicable angle at the end of this match. But let's get back to the beginning of this, Blake. I understand what you're saying, and I will, I will grant a little bit of grace there, since it was planned to be something else, and then Eddie's kind of working as a substitute here but all the same putting eddie guerrero up against rick flair is like having a super fast sports car and instead of opening it up full speed on the freeway you make it fight rick flair very <laughs> much it's very much a symphony versus a heavy metal type uh type clash it doesn't oh, not just a symphony like old baroque fucking i, Mozart like, I like the idea though it just doesn't it's not executed right the idea that you could do a combination of like the old school worth with the new school it just doesn't work here that it, it that's and it goes too long it goes 18 minutes
1: mm-hmm. right yeah that kind of that kind of gimmick needs to be a short and sweet like one way or the other you know either the old goes over the old wily you know wrestler goes over the young guy comes in with his just This energy and, and, but yeah, it, it, it can't go on too long. And I, it definitely did. Um, which is, is really unfortunate because I think that it, it, it's not a great thing for Eddie, um, because he was clearly, (laughs) clearly the better wrestler in this and, and carrying 90% of the weight and flair who, as we talked about in the last thing, shouldn't be wrestling. Shouldn't be allowed there.
0: Yeah, when so. I compared him to classical music, and, and I said specifically Baroque classical music, it's because he is baroque. He is ho- so old that if you slam him too hard, he will explode into dust. And the fact that he kept wrestling for 20 years after this just continues to to melt off and on, of course, but for 20 years after this just continues to break my brain. Um, I will say Eddie is busting ass to sell everything that Flair is doing. And I you- think he's having fun. Right. I think he's legitimately oh, yeah. having fun working with Flair. I mean, you really, these guys also worked, did they work in the same company with WCW? I don't know if they crossed paths at that point, but um, you got to think that, they, that Eddie realizes the opportunity to be on the same stage as Flair. Take the hindsight with what we know now, right? But at the time he, Ric Flair is the biggest and, one of the yeah. greatest of all time. So Eddie definitely gives Ric Flair everything, um, gives him the victory as well, lets him go over. And and it's not great. I don't think it's terrible, but Meltzer gave it two and a half. I agree. I think it's it's fine. But what intention of the match was it was clearly going to be different i would have been a little bit more interested to see what the austin flair thing was probably wasn't going to be great based on the big show flair shit that we had to go through so um
1: yeah oh yeah eddie being in this made it a bearable match like i I can't i can't imagine what flair um austin would have would have turned out being and i oh it i oof I'm I'm glad I'm glad that he found his piece and left <laughs> because yeah. this this would not have been good.
0: Brian, you want to go that, ahead and, if it were that way. You want to go ahead and mention what we don't want to mention? Yeah, so this match also signals the official return of Chris Benoit. And uh, I didn't know he was back, and he comes in and interferes in this match. And they—this is wh- what I was alluding to before—they work in this weird drop where apparently Eddie and Benoit are blaming rick Flair for running Stone Cold out of the business, which makes absolutely no, no sense, sense in at all. Because the- why the- would they care? Well, also Benoit was a part of the Four Horsemen with Flair, so why the hell would he care about Austin? I know that you're going to ignore that the other company existed, but you absorbed the other company and took the storylines with it because you tried to integrate it, right? They could have just not mentioned that Stone Cold was gone, which is what they've done every other time. So why go through the trouble of bending over backwards to create a stupid-ass story that even within kayfabe doesn't make any sense when you could have just said nothing? Like it's like this storyline and tommy dreamer have one thing in common they should have just not said anything and they would have been fine now does he come back on the pay-per-view or has he come back before the pay-per-view i don't recall he might show up before the pay-per-view i don't really recall So basically is- yeah, it, it gives like the fact, i believe reading previously to this that he actually did show up with stone Cold on a show so it tells you that the nature of the story was still similar and then they changed it so it just doesn't make any sense from the get-go Right? But I do think it would have been... I just got to give him a little bit of flag. But okay, the story changed. This is kind of a meh performance, but hey, it could have been worse. could have been worse. And I think they recognize that Ric Flair is not not the one to carry matches anymore because in this match, it's like Benoit has to show up and get involved and then Bubba Ray Dudley has to come out and put Guerrero through a table just to keep the audience awake. That is what's <laughs> so... Bizarre. What the hell does flipping uh, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley have to do with this? Like as much as as much as Benoit cares that Ric Flair drove Stone Cold out, absolutely nothing. So yeah, he puts him through a table, and Flair gets the victory. So it, it's just bizarre. Um, it's not for anything. It's not a title. It's not a opportunity. It's literally just a a feud that seems like it's spun out because. They just it's definitely not it. for fun. I can tell you that much. <laughs> uh looking at King of the Cast, uh, I went with your uh, with your Nature Boy, uh, and Brian and Dan went with Eddie. So we are now sitting flat at two, two, and two, fellas. Who's the dumb one now? So somebody tied. We're two, two, and two. Or do we the Colts for we're, fuck's
1: sake? We're all tied at two, two, and two, and two, and two, and two, <laughs> and two, and two, and
0: two. What are you, Chuck Woolery? Now move on to the next match. Damn it
1: the next match on
0: the card which is molly holly and trish stratus for the women's championship match Fucking now finally yeah, now we're match. getting into some uh, some good stuff uh yeah i i think this is a great uh not a bra and panties match not a blah, blah blah match like it's it's not your star you know can can headline an event yet but it's it's not something that was de- deplorable you know what I mean? Like, it was a legitimate matchup. You can mathematically chart the inverse kind of proportion between, like, scantily clad female wrestlers in this era and and their their talent. Like, if you watch yeah. the match, Molly and Trish are dressed like they're participating in Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Like, they really are, like, well, they're completely covered for the most part. And, like, they they would have been able to enter Crown Jewel today. Not that I'm saying anybody should because fuck Crown Jewel and, and fuck going to the fucking Saudi Arabia. But I'm saying, like, there's a lot of modesty in how they're dressed. And they let they let their wrestling speak for itself. Now, I will say, pursuant to this being the dying light of the fucking attitude era, this whole angle about Molly having a fat ass is so disgusting and so gross. Because, like, first of all, she doesn't. At all have a fat ass and even if she did she's one of the best wrestlers you have and one of the only actual female wrestlers in the company at this time Mm -hmm. as opposed to just an elevated valet and it's like why are you treating her like this like you have no idea how good you have it having Trish and Molly in like this is like probably the best women's title match we've seen in, in a while and it's because the two of them are actual wrestlers and actually take this shit seriously.
1: Yeah, it was just really disappointing um, to to have this such a good match going on, and better than a lot of the other matches that have have come before it and also after it. Um, that 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 they they just kept hammering, they just kept you know doubling down on this storyline that Molly Holly is like the female Rikishi that that is offensive on many fronts and, and it's just, it's, I, I'm glad, I'm glad that we're ending this era because there've been so many problems, um, specifically about, you know, specifically with, with how they treat their women wrestlers. I hope it gets better in the future. I, again, that optimism, I hope they, they actually take their, their, their women's stable seriously. And I know in the future, like the deep, Deep distant future, they they start to it seems like, but but uh, how long does it take to get there? Because this is this is unacceptable with how they treat treat their women.
0: Does anybody want to tell tell them? No, let me. me I'm just
1: going to wait. Don't shatter my dreams, Blake. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm going to reference things and be like, you see, now now you understand how the shit really is. But no, it's it's uh, deplorable. I agree. But Dan is right. They don't just double down on this. Sir Mix-a-Lot would say they juicy double down on this whole. (laughs) She's got a fat ass again, which, I mean, again, I don't care. It's not important at all. But really, if we're getting down to brass tacks, Trish Stratus has a bigger ass than Molly Holly. And it's fine. And there's nothing wrong with it. But it's just funny that they're like ripping Molly for this. And I'm like, Trish has got a fatter ass than she does. And again, who fucking cares? You know what? I'm going to I'm going to suggest I'm going to highly recommend that you turn the commentary off when you watch this match and just watch the match because there's one spot where Trish like does a kind of standing somersault and then gets to a headstand and then grabs Molly with her feet onto Molly's up on the uh, turnbuckle and then does like a hurricane Rana. That's so damn good. And I'm like, man, I wish every women's title match at this particular era was just Molly Holly and Trish Stratus. Mm hmm. Yeah, until so Lita comes back, of course, and and Molly Holly goes over, uh, so she is now the new women's champion. So as much, it's almost like a backhanded, like, oh, here you go, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Now, yeah, we made we made this ridiculous f- flipping angle that I'm sure was just hard to to have to take, you know, being told like, hey, this angle is going to make you talk about your fat ass, even though it's not really fat. It's just going to be a, a bit. And it's just like, man, really? Like, why not just like have like a, I don't know, use coffee. You love that for Kane and Jericho. Why can't you do that here? You know what I mean? Like anything else.
1: Yeah. And her whole storyline is, is very similar to um, the kind of the right to censor, like, like it gives me very much those same vibes without doing the whole obnoxious right to censor thing. But like it, it's just a, it's a bad storyline on top of a bad like, commentary, underlying tones that they've got. Not even underlying, just over, overdone tones. It, it yeah, yeah. And I think and, we've talked about it enough. It's 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 garbage commentary on a great not, match.
0: Yeah, and and it's we're not there yet in the women's in the women's division. We're not there mm-hmm. yet. It's an improvement, but we're not there yet. But we all went with Molly Holly, so we're all three and two. I do want to take a pause, Brian, because I want to remind our viewers what this pay-per-view was brought to you by Snickers Crunchers. Oh, my God. There's a blast <laughs> from the past. Was Frutopia not available? Uh, Snickers Cruncher. Five times for extra crunch.
1: Was it what? step into a Snickers Cruncher?
0: wait wait first of all fuck you secondly five times for extra what was the what was that slogan i mean this is according to chocolatebrands.com it says snickers crunch 40 grams five times for extra crunch do you is it five times the crunch or is it five like are they suggesting biting it five times for extra crunch i'm so confused by the also what was the name of that website uh, chocolate-brands.com I'm not going to google that, I've googled it already Okay, so for the next match you had uh, that, No, 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 you had that shit bookmarked, don't lie to me I I like chocolate .com. .com. Who bookmarked this shit? <laughs> Who bookmarked this shit? Wait, and I'd <laughs> really like to move on <laughs> Continue
2: We'll return after these messages Anyway, presents TNA total non-stop action every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on pay-per-view. that's what I'm talking about. Great
0: The next match on the card. Wait, do we have an angle in this? No. No, we have an angle in this match. That's right, I did a pit. Angle versus Hogan. Uh yeah. Uh, The the American gold medalist versus the real American, according to Rick Derringer. I understand why they did this. I totally get it on paper, but no. I'm going to compare this match to the Eddie Guerrero and Ric Flair match. Why? Because we're talking about two different styles of wrestlers trying to tell a story and trying to do that. You know, hey, Uh, Hogan is this power worker, right? And Angle is the technician. And he's like the... The, you know, the the constant wrestler, the actual legitimate wrestler, the Greco-Roman style, right? So I love the idea of trying to tell a story and pitting two people against each other. The problem is Hogan's washed, right? So if you can't bend over, if you can't really do anything more than your leg drops, and you're going to point to the crowd and go, oh my... Like, that, that worked and was a flash in the pan for WrestleMania, what was it, X8? This is not... It's just... Ugh. You know, yeah. like angle and Guerrero could have worked and that would have been awesome. Uh, doing card surgery. You could have definitely put angle on a better match, but Hogan now is drifting. Right.
1: Holy shit, I want to see that match. I want to see angle Guerrero. That right? is something that needs to happen in this right? pay-per-view. Telling. Yeah. You, telling. You. So- angle,
0: Angles trying. God bless him for trying. But when your opponent is damn near 60 years old and has a five move set, it's like what how much can you do you know Would you think if yeah. edge didn't get injured would angle and edge still be doing a feud i don't know 100 percent. 100 percent. so what's was hogan good doing
1: storytelling
0: there? so what's hogan doing then see that's the Retiring. thing is hiring you no know, i mean i clearly they're still going to involve him in a storyline because he's still on the card so that's where i'm like where would he be i this is what i don't understand What is does it be flair and hogan did we already do that already I don't know. Maybe it'd be Flair and Hogan and then you could have had Angle and Guerrero. That would have been fine. You know, could let that the
1: let's... Flair and Hogan been a dark match? Well it would have <laughs> been Lesnar and
0: no Jarek. It would have been Edge and Van Dam. I don't know. It just it's all fucked. It's all fucked. I will say that the best part of this match is that the curtain, or maybe I should say the rug, is finally pulled back from the bald angle angle and we finally get to see that glorious dome. So that's a thing. Yeah, but he already he. Th- that's
1: the that's the crazy thing about this. He already admitted it on like the SmackDown right before. He was like, "I'm bald. I'm bald." And then he shows up with the wig on again, and it's like this is a, again a a ridiculous thing to be like even like mentioning like we also that you shaved your head whatever, and then have Hogan of all people mocking him for this it it blows my mind what these like what kind of cocaine were these writers on yeah. big, this is a great idea
0: <laughs> i love that dan's position is that the genie is already out of the bottle of rogaine so why are you trying to stuff it back in it's 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 just the broken clock right because even though this is stupid they still know that they cannot put hogan over at this point Right. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's ridiculous to think that angle could not beat Hogan. And that's why it's literally a clean finish of a, of a, uh, of a tap out. So are we finally done with this shit? I think I'm going to make a bold prediction that Hulk Hogan will never wrestle in a match again, because that prediction worked out so well for me the last time. <laughs> Does anybody want to tell him? Does anybody want to tell? Okay. never mind. Uh, Let's talk next about no, 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 the, no, no, best, no, no. the best thing about this pay-per-view brian and that is the gold dust angle okay but first you have to talk about who won and who picked it for what in the king of the cast i don't care about hogan and angle screw that that was boring no i'm just playing no but you need to care about the format okay fair I went with the Hulk. Hey, babe. I went with the Hulkster because I just thought that they're that stupid. They're gonna put them over, and Brian <laughs> and Dan went with the logical Kurt Angle. So, uh, yeah, that's right. You heard it here first. The champion is down right now, three and three, and the uh, Dan and Brian are four and two oh my goodness, what's going to happen at the end of this match? We don't know, and by match I mean card, so let's get back to this segment where Goldust is impersonating the Rock. The, Goldust has been doing a lot of impressions lately. He did a weird Steve Irwin one that was kind of funny, um, but he... he, I love the painted on eyebrows, and I just love Goldust's weirdness right now. Yep. Like It's just working for me so much.
1: I like it almost as much as I liked uh, Drunk Rock's monologuing in the the locker room like it's it's just it's it's weird it's odd to see but still just endearing
0: yeah and and i like these angles because they're less about the rampant homophobia of the attitude era and more just about him being an impressionist and i'm fine with that um but when the rock shows up and confronts him the rock does some of his best mic work where he just looks at gold doesn't
1: it's like,
2: stop touching yourself. What are you doing? Yeah. You sick they, freak.
1: They, they play this <laughs> so well. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I love yeah. it.
0: I, I don't know if they, it, I would watch it for two and a half hours. You know, I know that's why the rock kind of went into the, the film industry and, and have a, has a career now because of it, but it's, I would like to think that him, Booker T, and Dusty – not Dusty. Well, see, that's funny.
1: Um, was it Dusty, Dusty Jr.?
0: Dusty Jr. Uh, I think that they didn't really rehearse that. I would like to think that they're all just really good friends or were at the time, so they could literally just kind of walk up and do that without much of a, a, a rehearsal. Um, yeah, the like,
1: rehearsal was, I'm going to be Gold Dust as Rock, and then you guys are going to play off that. Go.
0: Well, you know that they probably ribbed the rock, and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure Dusty Junior. Right, I'm sure he was doing a ton of a uh, uh, different, uh, impers- uh, you know, impressions and whatnot, trying to get a rib out of the guys. So I oh, would so. imagine that that wasn't the first time that the rock saw that that bit of a uh, bit of rock from Gold Dust. Um, but I loved it. It's it's why I like watching this part of the the era because the rock is still there. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just ugh, so choice. So choice when you have those moments because we all shut up when we're watching it and yeah. we're all like, ooh, this is good, this is good. So that brings us to one of our two main events here, uh, and that is of course the finals of the King of the Ring tournament between Brock Lesnar and, and, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob Van Dam. And Rob Van Dam. Uh not a match that I was expecting a lot from, but I gotta say, I I enjoyed it. You know, Meltzer did not like this match, um, and I was a little conflicted because I watched it back before we actually recorded this. Because I was, I was like, you know, Rob Van Dam and Brock, man, that's that's a match today that I would still like to see. Um, mm. And yeah, it's it's energetic, um, and I I honestly feel like the problem with this match is it felt like an afterthought. It's only five minutes, so it was almost like they had to sandwich this in so we could have more Triple H and Undertaker. Oh. You know what I mean? Like uh, we had to eat our dessert really it's quick at steak.
2: first.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking if you did Brock Lesnar versus rough Van Dam today, it would be the Beast incarnate versus the Indica incarnate.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's good. That was. And a it good would be one. exactly four minutes and twenty seconds long. Yes. See, the 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 crowd might have been tough earlier, but you broke the ice with that one. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I guess Meltzer and I are not on the same page with this. I mean, I didn't think it was great, but I was like, okay. I thought it was better than Brock versus Test. I guess, I guess we're still just breaking Brock in, so you know, it's got some some rough edges for sure. I
1: think, yeah, we can and th- I mean, there's there's something to be said for brevity. Like you can have a, a short match that's just nice and condensed and compact and concise. It gets the it hits the points and it doesn't drag on like the main event of this pay per view does. I
0: I really think that. Uh, when was Brock? Okay. March 18th of 2002. What's, what's this date, Brian? This date this is June 23rd. I think I said, wow. Okay. That's like three months. I'm very impressed with Brock. Like I'm telling you, like that. I, I it, to, to have this rise of stardom is only equatable to like angle. Yeah. Two years crazy. before when Angle. yeah, yeah. Insane. That's why in this match too, as as Rob Van Dam's doing his like high flying stunts, like Brock is able to play with anybody, and obviously he's gonna do the whole like Brock Lesnar shit, but yeah. it is still impressive to see him, you know, do his thing, and that's why he's way better than anyone else in the roster in terms of your big power wrestlers like The Undertaker, Triple H, Hogan. You know what I mean? Like he's just that athletic. Yeah, and he is miles ahead of most people at the starting line and I'm excited to see how he develops. Uh I am understanding why Meltzer wouldn't necessarily enjoy this match. I I found it fun. I definitely didn't think it was the best match on the card by any means, but uh but yeah, Brock Lesnar becomes the 2002 King of the Ring by defeating Rob Van Dam and Blake uh where are we with King of the Cast? Uh we're 3 and 4 with Test.
2: <laughs>
0: so, that's where I'm at. And what about uh, untested. I don't really want to talk about it. Um, So you guys are five and two because you both pick Brock and this is going to lead to an interesting finish. Did we both pick the same person for the main event? We all picked the same person for the main event,
1: Brian. Brian, I hate to break it to you. You and I picked the exact same person for every match on this card. Oh, I didn't even notice that until now. I should have because I'm looking right at it. Stellar planning
0: on our part uh okay so let's that's talk how you about know
1: it's real because that's not entertaining and if we would have been faking this we would not have done that
0: that's how you know we're wrestling podcasters and not entertaining podcasters
1: <laughs> that's right <laughs> one of these days we're going to try something that's entertaining
0: <laughs> <laughs> someday but not today as we talk about the
1: main event
0: the main event uh, oh. for the undisputed championship, the Undertaker versus Triple H in a who cares match. No, that's not fair. That's not fair it at all. It is completely but... fair. This match is fucking awful for twenty-three minutes. For twenty-three minutes. It's
1: awful. I just want to say the and with and that's and that's I'm I'm shocked that it's that short. Because I remember <laughs> when we were watching this the first time, I I we were watching this through and it was getting late and I go. Hey, how much is left in the pay per view? And I go, oh, I don't have sixty minutes to watch this last match. I've got to go to bed right now, which tells you how long. And the match was only twenty three minutes, so you know, give or take five minutes in the front for the walk ins or whatever. There's so much left in this pay per view that is just it's twenty three minutes of boring followed by thirty minutes of. And this is still going on. It 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 is a it's a it's a just garbage way to end a pay per view.
0: Well, let's tie it all together because this is why I feel like King of the Ring is no more. Because it's it's clearly evident that the pay per views that you have to pay attention to are Survivor Series, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, and SummerSlam. Because that's when the the uh, the people telling these storylines turn it up. And you can easily see that all of these, these most of these people on this card are just trying to get to the next day, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I will say they tried. I feel like they tried in desperation to save King of the Ring by making it mean something. Whereas, like the winner of King of the Ring gets a title shot at Summerslam, which I don't remember being a thing. And and replay reviewers in the chat will, of course, correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't remember that being the. the, incentive for winning king of the ring well it's the whole point of brock lesnar's the right choice to win but it's not about who wins it's about how it how it's told mm-hmm. and he went <laughs> he got to go through test. now isn't it's that not about what
1: you said it's how you said it uh,
0: exactly yeah. i mean it's just like there's no more of the stone cold uh gonna make a point you know it, it still has the whole rise up of a new person but it just doesn't have the same pizzazz it's it's just it's an outsider perspective it's It honestly feels a step above a UK pay-per-view. And it was buried with the Attitude Era. It was like they buried it alive in the coffin with the Attitude Era.
1: (laughs) Yes, like one day later, they buried everything that just happened in this match in this pay-per-view.
0: Having said that, looking at the actual king of the cast, y'all are tied. It's 6 well, 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 hold on. I know this is a terrible match and we don't want to say much about it, but I will say the best worst thing they did... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Was to in, it was to involve The Rock. Now, The Rock is not in the match, but The Rock like made all these bold announcements that he was going to come and watch the match and probably get involved. He comes to ringside. And the reason I say best worst is because if it weren't for The Rock, this match would be completely DOA. The Rock is the shot of adrenaline into this match's heart. But at the same time, it just makes me go, why isn't The Rock in this match? Why isn't The Rock the Undisputed Champion? Why isn't The Rock in every main event? And I realized that for a time he was working on movies and whatnot. But if you knew he was going to be back for this pay-per-view, get him in this fucking match. I, I started laughing because I thought you were going to reference. And when The Rock comes in and things start actually kicking off, they play, <laughs> the, oh they, my they God. play the, the entrance theme songs of everybody at least twice like back to back to back as every finisher happens in the ring. Cause it's like somebody's woozy. Oh, finisher theme song. Oh, so, the theme songs playing They're woozy again. Oh, somebody else comes in finisher, their theme song. Like it was just ridiculous. Yeah. They did it over and over and over again.
1: And that all happened after the regular match had concluded.
0: I don't know if the 23 <laughs> like, conclude that, but it was still it long as hell. It was so long.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. So they so the the most entertaining part was after the match was done for the thirty minutes after you know so, that they had this extra match.
0: So basically, turn this pay per view on, watch the first match, and then immediately go to the last ten minutes of the pay per view. Done.
1: Well, don't skip on Molly Holly and Trish Stratus. Give them give them their due. I just
0: want to point out I watched this main event before these other two knuckleheads and so I warned them I was like let's play a drinking game take a drink every time you hear someone's theme music at the end of this match and it was like I mean first the Undertaker wins so we hear his music and then the rock hits him with a rock bottom so we hear the rocks music and then like the Triple H pedigrees the Rock, so we hear Triple H's music and then the Undertaker music plays because why not (laughs) it's just it's fucking insane how many fucking entrance musics you hear in the last 23 minutes after this match it's non-stop obviously this Cold thing did not happen but the point being is that it was on repeat and what's the the awesome jim johnston guy was getting royalties that, that pay-per-view he's like Seriously. Yeah, baby yeah.
1: he was getting paid by the note
0: yeah, he's like, keep doing. This is my favorite pay per view. Uh, this was not my favorite pay per view. And looking at the king of the cast, as I mentioned, uh, we are tied for Brian and Dan. So we will do something very special. Uh, last time we did the Triple H's versus the Hogan's. Um, I don't want to do that again because I don't. Um, great, good job. I'll have to. I'll have to think about it. All right, we'll get, okay. We're gonna circle back once we get through our final thoughts, and I'll be able to, to tell the uh, the audience what we'll do. Okay. And then, and then what will happen is you will hear a break, and then we will come back having sorted it out and crowning a champion at the end <laughs> of the episode because that is how time and editing work.
2: And that's the bottom line.
0: Let's go ahead and, and talk about the bottom line here. This is where we give the pay-per-view an overall score out of 10. So I will start with you, Blake. What is your score for King of the Ring 2002? Uh, I'm going to give this 3 out of 10. Uh, and i don't i don't really feel bad about that um this this is a terrible pay-per-view and it should feel bad it should feel very bad you have a huge <laughs> bunch of talent in this shit and you come up with that piss poor piss poor i tell you three piss pours out of 10 stop pouring so much piss dan how do you feel about king of the ring 2002
1: I'm going to be a little bit more generous because I have had probably two more drinks than Blake has. So I'm going to give it a five Captain Morgan's out of 10. Um, I think that it did have some good matches. Uh, Like we said, you know, the, the women's match, the first match, uh, the second Brock match that was nice and concise. Um, There were definitely some spots and also I, the, the potential of you know oh they were so close of having of having an Eddie uh, Kurt Angle match oh, if only if only so I'm going to give a hopeful five out of ten.
0: I don't like saying this, but I'm going to come in between you guys and uh, I'm going to say that I'm going to I looked at this pay-per-view again. I looked at the matches that I liked. Overwhelmingly, I did not like the matches. So I'm going to give this four out of ten perfectly shaped Molly Holly asses because there is nothing wrong with her posterior and it's bullshit that they keep trying to make us stop gaslighting us by thinking by making us think that she has a huge ass when she does not four out of ten from me for King of the Ring 2002 Meltzer rated. Four matches out of the eight, less than a star. Yikes. That is crazy. Not that, that's that is telling. Not, I mean, it's telling, and I know Meltzer isn't the end-all be-all, but it, it just kind of gives me a frame of reference to kind of see the reaction at the time. He's the Yeesh. Roger Ebert of wrestling. Though, he is, so it's like, exactly. You know, exactly. it is what it is. So, Blake, let's talk about our next pay-per-view. What is the next pay-per-view that we have coming up? We have Vengeance vengeance that's uh that's the sequel to it's like friday the 13th part five no that's vengeance i don't know which one that is but uh yeah vengeance is vengeance one that still exists um no okay cool so i wonder when this one's gonna retire (laughs) What's gonna What's gonna last longer, the Vengeance pay per view or Hulk Hogan? We will find out as we continue to review pay per views. But let's go ahead and make our bold predictions for Vengeance 2002 right here on the show, so you know that we're on the up and up and that everything is above board. Perfect, perfect. So, uh, as I bring up the spreadsheet, ooh, we need to add a few columns here.
1: Yep, uh, let's do some. We're going to do some spreadsheet editing real quick. Yep.
0: Spreadsheet surgery. Thank you very much. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yep, yep. 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 I'm going to put my name first because I'm first. And then that's the way. Can my go. column be called Column Farrell? Can <laughs> I can I name my column Column Farrell? Brian, that's, that's a, so wild. It's a farable <laughs> joke. Um, Billy Kidman versus Jamie Noble. Is this for anything? The cruiserweight title yeah, match. Cruiserweight. <sighs> so this is where I have to really decide: Do I want to go with what I want to happen, or what I think the company will do? Jamie Noble. I'm gonna. Jamie Noble's coming in as the champion. Correct. uh uh, yes because he won the last match against the hurricane so yes i'm gonna say that i'm gonna say they allow him to retain for one pay-per-view and one pay-per-view only so i'm going noble
1: i'm going with nicole kidman's son bk (laughs) bk all day (laughs) uh then we have facts brian look it up i will but also please nobody look that up Next I'll have to
0: go to an AMC cinema to look it up before the movie, where all the magic happens. I'm Nicole Kidman. No, you're gonna have to go to a Regal cinema because the next match is Jeff Hardy versus William Regal. And it do is you like f- how I set you up for that without even knowing what the next match was? Do you like the way I handed that off to you? That is some guys. Good that's podcast.
1: vertical sym- symmetry synergy. <laughs> we could take yep, our. We could, we could take it's our. It's vertical cinnamon, all right.
0: We could take our talents to South Beach and do nothing. Uh, True story. Jeff Hardy versus William Regal for the European title. Now, I first laughed at this because I was like, William Regal's way too old to be taking on Jeff Hardy. But then I realized we're not talking about today. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go with a little bit of the J.H. here. I think he's going to be able to, to pull it off. But I do see Regal doing some shitty tactic shit because he is Regal. But he's not going to win this one. I'm going Hardy.
1: Guys, I've got to be contrarian. I'm going Regal.
0: You literally go Burger King and then you don't go Hardee's. I don't
1: understand. <laughs> uh, for the- it's because BK well Lounge done. all the way, baby. That's
0: all the way. Uh, the next match on the card we have Chris Jericho versus John Cena. This is John Cena's first pay per view.
1: Oh my God. John Cena, who? Oh, I haven't seen him before.
0: I, i'm going uh, cj versus jc there uh, i think J- chris jericho is going to take over here and i think cena will probably do well but he's not gonna he's not gonna take jericho's first first match also there. can i just can i just say that i never knew that this secret ingredient to blake shining comedically on the show was adding a spreadsheet to the discussion but <laughs> wow, <dude. What? laughs> really impressed with your spreadsheet banter so far <laughs> i just have to let you know that I certainly, so ex- true. I certainly excel at things, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Blake is really a little column A, delete column B kind of guy. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have done this until the very end because now it's going to suck. Because I'm be like, oh, now I'm double thinking it. Um, Brian, mm-hmm. Ego and CJ or JC here? Okay. Who and what? Oh, uh, John Cena versus <laughs> Chris Jericho. Christ. Chris, oh, oh my God! His first pay per view matches against Jericho. Uh, well, I'm gonna go. I think it's Jericho. I don't think they give the rookie a victory just yet. Uh, but yes, we we are definitely we literally. And I, you know, I'll give you a glimpse into the future that we did watch the Raw and SmackDown immediately following King of the Ring, and they were the two most important Raws and SmackDowns of the now completely established Ruthless Aggression era. The the Raw being. Uh, Vince McMahon saying the words Ruthless Aggression 72,000 times and of course the Smackdown being the debut of one Mr. Jonathan Cena so big 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 turnaround from King of the Ring to immediately into Ruthless Aggression but I don't think they give the rookie this victory I'm going to go with Jericho
1: and I will stick with being a contrarian John Cena
0: oh wow didn't see that coming
1: are you going for a sunset flip? Maybe. You don't know.
0: I don't. <laughs> I do nor not. Nor do
1: I. Nor do I.
0: And uh, for the next match on the card, uh, honestly, this is an interesting one. This is Lesnar versus Van Dam. Now, I hope that they're going to take this opportunity to actually give them more time in the ring. Because I did think that there's glimpses of fun, fun times mm-hmm. to be had. Uh, I don't see RVD going over Mr. Brock. So, I'm going to say Brock for me. Um, Brian, what was your... Uh, what what was your two cents on this match that you haven't seen i'm going to go with brock for reasons i don't want to share cuz i don't want to sway anyone's vote
1: this is for the intercontinental title match which oh, i think call out yep. as we have said before this at the time at least was a lead up for um for bigger things uh and since i'm going for the sunset flip rob van dam <laughs> <laughs> very well dan Oh, this one's gonna test me here. yeah, And Ew. not because test is in it. So So Dan picks
0: test anyway.
1: <laughs> that's how a, you get the sunset flip. It's an all test all day. This next match it's basic it's a no
0: count out match versus big show versus booker T. Can we make this a no count match or we don't have to count this for the fucking wow. anyway? Wow. I'm gonna go booker T here. So I have to like Yes, somebody you to to win? Play. Oh. yes, you have to play your own podcast game. Uh,
1: <laughs> God damn it. These Booker are the T. rules we've just made up.
0: This is the rules that you've made up and, and, have, and have committed to. Uh, Dan, what is your uh, lack of choice?
1: Okay, you both want Booker T? Mm-hmm. Big show.
0: Wow!
1: Wow! Well- Again, man, I, at this point, looking back, I definitely am going sunset flip on this. Okay. Brian,
0: I want to point out, and I'm not doing this intentionally. We have picked the same people <laughs> the, entire, yep. the entire way. Yep. Now we have two choices. Okay. I am okay. going to intentionally pick the other choice here because I okay. do not want the same scenario. No, no, no. Blake how about this you pick who no, you, you pick, want to you pick for... first you pick first no 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 you pick who you want to for this next match and i will definitely make sure that it doesn't end in the tie just watch so tell us what the next match is and then i want you to tell us who you legitimately want to go with no 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 let's do it for the final match <laughs>
2: <laughs> because, <laughs> because okay. it doesn't
0: work you know it doesn't work okay fine go ahead all right i'm doing eddie and hulk so eddie and hulk uh, uh it's christian eddie, Lamp- eddie. Christian and Lance storm versus edge and Hulk Hogan. There is no possible flippin' way that you're going to tell me that I'm not going to pick edge and Hulk Hogan in that matchup. I'm sorry. There's no reason why you should have to then pick Christian and Lance storm. That's why I feel <laughs> okay. bad about it. Okay, fine, fine. I'm taking definitely Hogan and edge in this one. Uh, Dan, do you want to go ahead and just be the contrarian here?
1: Uh, well, don't say it's so snidely. But yes.
2: <laughs> Very well, Daniel. Okay, so
1: this uh, match—you're gonna feel though, real stupid when that's the one I win, and so will I. We went with, yeah.
2: eh,
0: and you went with, cl- yeah, cl- yeah. So this is the main event now—the the final match. Yes, the main event for the. Oh, by the way, the uh, beforehand that was the tag team title matches. Oh, finally, because they didn't bother to. So we what? It, so though, at some
1: point, Billy and Chuck have lost it. Well, they
0: lost it on the last pay per view um, to Rikishi and uh Oh, that's right. But then they right. won it back almost immediately on one of the Raws or SmackDown. So I get like,
1: confused because well, I remember seeing that. Raw. And
0: and then they didn't even bother to have a tag team title match at King of the Ring. So we, we okay. Can we talk around.
1: about that for a second? Like, I want to go back to the actual card. This is the problem with splitting up the two companies into two different things and you've split your two tag, all of your tag teams are on different sides. And we've talked about it before, but this is the, the inherent problem is that you don't have any good tag team matches like for title Mm -hmm. matches. It's just going to be a problem until they figure this shit out. It's, it's, it's bad. And I used to love the tag team matches because you could do so much with it. Mm -hmm. It was so exciting. You could do, you know, Table table, ladder and chairs, TLC. Oh my gosh, those were the most exciting matches going into it. And they just went, you know what's working really well? Let's stop doing that. It's yep. infuriating.
0: You're wrong because McMahon and I have no retort. Brian, back to you. No, that none of that is correct. So yes, the, the tag team division is in fucking shambles right now. They didn't even bother to have a match at King of the Ring. And the main event for Vengeance is yeah just to by the way i was doing a bit it is terrible uh the main event is going to be for the wwe is it undisputed nope yep undisputed world heavyweight title triple threat match for kurt angle the rock and undertaker perfect perfect that's great let's mix things up a little bit i like that we don't have to have triple h in every title match that's great dan you Uh, pick first
1: (laughs) oh no because uh, I know who I want. I know who I think. But you
0: can't be the contrarian on this one because you're going first.
1: Uh, I'm going to say, because I'm still going with my sunset flip, I'm picking Kurt Angle.
0: I will also okay. pick Kurt Angle. And because I promised Blake that he could pick whoever he really wanted and I would make sure there's no tie, I am definitively going with Test. <laughs>
1: No, pick the right one. Pick The Rock. Under,
0: Undertaker retains. Oh, I'm, I'm oh really? That.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. That's shocking. You're going with yeah, UT. We gotta... Oh, I could have been the <laughs> contrarian and also picked <laughs> The Rock.
0: You want to change it?
1: No. I'll, Why I'll would still, I want to? I'll have... still go with Kurt Angle. Okay, I will too. Because I actually think The Rock is going to take it over for a bit. I don't but we'll find out. Well, but you know things. So I shut don't, your mouth.
0: I don't generally I will tell I will be honest when I know things. I do not know at this point. Because mm-hmm. the last one was so bad, I can only imagine me going, "I am not watching another fucking pay-per-view
1: after Guys, that." One. I'm going to be so invested in this pay-per-view because I want the Rock to win.
0: All we'll right, so What is the tiebreaker that is going to decide this week's King of the Cast? Oh, I haven't decided yet. No, I'm just playing. The tiebreaker is going to be...
1: Well, we already brought it up. Let's do this. Uh, Brian, win or lose Mm -hmm. for the Colts this week. I was going to say... There we go.
0: There we go. That's better. That's better. Jeff
1: Saturday's inaugural game as head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Win or lose?
0: That's literally what I was thinking as well. So one of us has to pick win and one of us has to pick lose. Brian, you pick first. I pick loose. I'll take the win. <laughs> I'll take a tie.
1: <laughs> Wait, you're not you're not in this. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but if they tie I get an
0: extra victory, and then we're all tied.
1: <laughs> yeah, Blake is going
0: for the sunset fuckface. Really.
1: <laughs> yes, I am. And Brian, The only thing I've got going for me is is Las Vegas is just as dysfunctional as us at this point.
0: Oh, that's McDaniels for you. So both uh, both choices turn out to be the incorrect choices. And Brian, I think that is a God, good opportunity. if we
1: tied, <laughs>
0: that would be the best. I think that is a good opportunity to tell these listeners where they can hear more. About our shows. It should show. be noted we are recording this before that Colts game, but you will hear the outcome
2: right now. Are you ready for some football? We're back.
0: And it appears that Faith in the Colts is rewarded as Dan has taken King of the Cast this week. Somehow, be- <laughs> to reason be damned Jeff Saturday led the Colts to a victory over the Raiders which is uh less a celebration of the Colts and more an indictment of the Raiders but that is neither here nor there Dan because of his faith in the Colts has oh, broken his tie and is the king of the cast this week
1: It's uh, it's bittersweet, guys, because not only did that uh, did that win uh, put us back in the draft order, uh, it's probably not going to go well for the rest of the season. So it's I feel like it's a it's a hollow victory, but uh, but I'll take it nonetheless. Thank you.
0: (laughs) And the season's over.
1: So that's going to do it for this week's
0: episode. You can find our entire back catalog on your favorite podcatcher and follow us on social media. If you really like the show, of course, we encourage you to go to patreon.com slash junkfoodcinema, where if you subscribe for a dollar an episode, that's a $4 a month commitment. You get all of that bonus content. You get ad free episodes of this show. You get to have access to our discords and our Zoom happy hours, a lot of great stuff. And we greatly do appreciate it. Uh, gentlemen, would you like to do your digital plugs as well? I really like the show. Boss at Sally08. Thanks, everybody at Instagram.
1: Yeah, I'm just here living in Indiana. Uh, you can find me on. You want to give them your home address? <laughs> on One, two, three, four, five, Main Street, Fishers, Indiana.
0: 12.
1: Home invasion. Uh, that's great.
0: I'm, I'm glad e. that we <laughs> we got to do this. We will see all y'all for vengeance, uh, because uh, vengeance is mine. Save McMahon and uh, yeah let's just go home let's take it home before hogan gets any older
1: take me home tonight i don't want to go ahead i don't want to let
0: you go till rick flair's final fight oh. Ooh, that's a good one
1: See, normally
2: if you go one-on-one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best at beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning, because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me, and he's not even going to try. So, small Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance, minus my 25% chance, and you got an 8 and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning, if we used to go one-on-one, and then add 66 and two-thirds percents, I got 141 and two-thirds
1: chance of winning at sacrifice. See, Joe, the numbers don't lie.